not, except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, come with me to Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. Revelations 125. Revelations 125. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It says, And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He said to me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. Somebody say, These words are true and faithful. <laughs> say, True and faithful. <laughs> all right, so. The words are true and faithful. Somebody say newness. newness. is true and faithful. God's prophetic agenda of newness is true and what? Faithful. The Bible said all the promises of God are in Christ. Are yea and amen. In other words, God's agenda of bringing us into newness is yea and amen. Means it, it is done and it is settled. Now, if God's agenda is yea and amen, we need to know what we ought to do in order to step into it fully. We need to know what to do in order to step into it fully. There are times God is doing things, but because we are not particular about our parts. Somebody went to Jesus and he said, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He asked Jesus. Jesus said, you know the law, observe it. He said, I've kept all of it from my mother's womb. Jesus said, one thing thou lackest. Somebody say, one thing thou lackest. There are many things we can do, but there are certain things when we lack. All the many other things you have done, they are invalid. Times we do many things. Like for instance, you can pray one hour. You can fast 10 days, 40 days. But if you can't do something like forgive, all your prayers are invalid. Am I communicating here? Yeah. You have prayed, great. But it's invalid. Why? Because you are walking in unforgiveness. So it's not about how long, oh, pastor, I can pray like 10 hours. I can pray 20 hours. It's great. The Bible says when you stand praying, forgive. It's a foundational thing. So it's important. When the first becomes the second, we don't get the benefit thereof. God has brought us into a season of newness. And we need to know what we need to do in order to experience it. And I'm speaking in relation to your finances. Because this year, your finances will experience newness. I said your finances will experience newness. God will give you multiple streams of income. He will give you multiple opportunities to earn. In the mighty name of Jesus. And so we are looking at how we honor God. And one way we honor God is with our first fruit. Somebody say first fruit. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 to 10. Embracing your season of newness through giving. Part 2. This is first fruit part 2. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Somebody say honor the Lord with your possessions. 
I must honor God with my possessions and with the first fruit of all my increase. So the Bible says, honor God with all your possessions and with the first fruit of your increase. Then look at verse. It says, so your bonds shall be filled. Your bonds will be filled with what? Plenty. And your presses shall overflow with new wine. May your presses overflow. May your vats overflow. In the mighty name of Jesus. 2021 experience overflowing finance. Experience overflowing favor. Experience overflowing grace. Experience overflowing opportunities. In the mighty name of Jesus. Honor God. How do we honor him? With our first fruits. Praise God. When we honor God with our first fruits, we honor him with our first major profit if you are running our own business or with our first salary if you are running or working as employees. That is what the first fruit is about. Look at what the Bible said. And it shall be, when thou art come into the land where the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance and possesseth it and dwelleth therein. This is Deuteronomy 26 verse 1 to 4. Thou shalt take, somebody say thou shalt take. Thou shalt take the first fruit of all thy increase and go to the place where the Lord our God shall choose to place his name there. And thou shalt go unto the priest that shall be in those days and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God that I am come unto the country which the Lord swore unto our fathers for to give us. And the priest shall take the basket out of thy hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. Praise God. So that's the first fruit. In the past teachings, you have understood what the first fruit is. Today, I want to talk to you about eight important truths that is important for you to know about the first fruit. Eight. Somebody say eight. Eight is a number of new beginning. Eight. Eight. Not many people know about the first fruit. It is one of the most important offerings in scripture. But very few people know about it. And those who know about it, not too many have the faith to practice it. When we talk about the first fruit, scripture has a lot to say about it. But the first thing I want you to know, the first truth about the first fruit is that it's the first offering mentioned in scripture. Somebody say the first offering. Say it aloud, the first offering mentioned in scripture. Alright, in all of scripture, the book of Genesis is key. In the book of Genesis, we see God's redemptive plan unveiled. The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. That was God's redemptive plan being unveiled there. In the book of Genesis, we see Genesis actually simply means beginning. Somebody say beginning. Uh-huh. And in the book of Genesis, we see the beginning of many things. We see the beginning of man. We see the beginning of creation. We see the beginning of a man relating with God. We see the beginning of uh, procreation. We see the beginning of marriage. We see the beginning of many, many, many things began in Genesis. And one of the things that began in Genesis was given to God. The first human beings who were born by the human beings God created were coming to give something to God. And the first thing they gave was the first fruit. So the first fruit is the first offering mentioned in scripture. And if you take that lightly, then you are not a good student of the Bible. As a student of the Bible, you need to understand that the things that are mentioned first, they weigh a lot on God's mind. They mean a lot. In the book of Matthew, some people went to Jesus and they said, Jesus, uh, Moses said, 
that in the law you can put away your wife for any reason. That's what he said. He said, Moses, it is written in the law. I think Matthew chapter 19 or so. It is written in the law. Shall a man put away his wife for any reason? Now let's see that because it will help somebody to understand. Matthew chapter 19 verse 3. Lago Shandadabaha. The Pharisees came unto him, tempting him. What did they say? Saying, is it lawful for a man to put his wife away for every cause? Is it lawful? Is it lawful? You know, the Pharisees were masters of the law. They knew the law. They knew the law to the letter. So, is it lawful? They were tempting Jesus because they knew that under the law, you could do that. And look at what they said. Verse 4. He answered and said unto them, Have you not read that which he made them at the beginning? made them male and female. Do you understand? When Jesus said that which was done at the beginning, for which cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to them, and the two shall be one flesh. Look at verse 6. He said, therefore, they are no more, more twin by one flesh. Therefore, God are joined together. Let no man put asunder. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, if you are thinking of divorce, forget it. Because in the beginning, it was not so. And then he went on to say, the reason why Moses allowed you to divorce was because of the hardness of your heart. And in every divorce situation, one of the things I have realized as a pastor is because you have to have a hard heart. When your heart is soft, your heart is soft. When we talk about the matter, you allow it to go, you forgive and move on. But when your heart is hard, what's the man Man, You will not easily give in. Praise God. There is no divorce challenge. He's a lawyer. There is no divorce challenge. That particularly between Christians. There are cases where somebody is not born again. If you are not married to a Christian, a Christian, that one is different. But if you are married to a Christian, genuine Christian, there is no divorce challenge that if you allow your heart to be soft, you cannot solve. Praise God. Most of the time, it's the hardness of heart. Your wife cheated on you. You can forgive and move on. Your husband cheated on you, you can forgive and move on. Am I complicating here? All of us, when we sin, we look to God for forgiveness. Why is it that when people sin against us, we make it very difficult for them to find forgiveness? It's because we have not experienced true transformation. When you come to appreciate the weight of how much you have been forgiven, nobody's sin will be too hard for you to let go. Am I complicating here? Yeah. Yeah. I live in advanced forgiveness. I live in advanced forgiveness. I know people will sin against me. I know I will sin against people. They don't beg me for forgiveness. That's not one of the things you do. You can beg me for other things, but not forgiveness. Because I forgive you before you even sin against me. Praise God. And that is how you ought to, because God has forgiven us. Do you know that God does not forgive you after you have sinned? God forgave you before you sin. So when you sin, all you need to do is to acknowledge, Father, I thank you that I have forgiveness with you. Praise God. You have forgiveness. Uh, if I meet a believer who is struggling to let go of something he did, I just, I just feel sorry for him. Because it's like somebody who is rich but doesn't know he's rich. There's forgiveness already there for you. When you falter, you just go to God, Lord, thank you that I have forgiveness with you. I take forgiveness for what I did. Am I communicating? Then you move on with God. And you should allow people to take forgiveness. Walk in advance forgiveness. Somebody in the choir will do something against you. Somebody in the office will do something against you. Pastor may say something that you don't like. But forgive him. I'm not communicating. When you do that, you enjoy your relationship. You enjoy your marriage. You enjoy people around you. That's it. 
Jesus said, in the beginning, that is my point. In the beginning, it was not so. In other words, what was in the beginning is more important. And in the beginning, first fruit is what we started with. A lot of people are debating tight. But the first offering was not tight. It was not free will. It was the first fruit. Number two, God lays exclusive claim to the first fruit offering. Somebody say exclusive claim. When we say somebody has exclusive claim to something, it means that no other person can use it. No other person can use it. It's for him. He has exclu- have exclusive claim to some things. This iPad is my own. Am I communicating? Yeah. You can't say it. It is mine. God has exclusive claim to the first fruit. He says, don't touch it. Don't do anything with it. Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 to 12. He says, it is mine. Exodus 13, 1 to 12, the New Living Translation. The Lord said to Moses, dedicate. Somebody say dedicate. Now, he said dedicate, verse 2. Dedicate. Dedicate means set apart. Dedicate to me every. Somebody say every. every. Say every. every. Every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born. Above humans and animals belongs to who? It belongs to you. It belongs to who? God. He says, it belongs to me. It belongs to me. Look at Exodus 13 verse 12, the New Living Translation. You must present. Somebody say you must. It's not an optional thing. You must. You must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord. For they belong to him. Somebody say they belong to him. Say they belong to him. Say they belong to the Lord. Yeah. Look at where they began to belong to him. You know, when God was bringing Israel out of the land of Egypt, he killed all their firstborns. How many of you have read that in Exodus? He killed all their firstborns. Now, listen. It was that day that God placed an exclusive demand for the first fruit. He killed all their firstborns and preserved all the firstborns of Egypt, the Israelites. And he says, the way I killed their own is because I want to preserve your own for myself. Let's look at Numbers. Numbers chapter 3, verse 11 to 13. Numbers chapter 3, verse 11 to 13. The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, I, behold, I have taken, somebody say, I have taken. I have taken the Levite from among the children of Israel instead of all the firstborn. Somebody say, instead of all the firstborn. All the firstborn that opened the mattress among the children of Israel. Therefore, the Levite shall be. The Levite shall be. Now, the Levites were a part of the 12 tribes of Israel. Israel had 12 tribes. The Levites formed one of those tribes. In the book of Exodus, God said that all firstborns are mine. And you know, it was going to be very difficult for God to go to each family and be collecting firstborns. So you know what he did? He said, you guys are 12 tribes. I'm going to take one tribe and set it apart. And it's going to be to me. Instead of taking one firstborn from every family, I'm taking one whole tribe. And that tribe will be a first fruit tribe unto me. So he said, the Levites are mine because it is the first fruit. That's why we are saying that God lays exclusive claim to the first fruit. Somebody said the first fruit belongs to God. It is not yours to budget with. Oh, this year I'm going to use my first pay to settle my loan. No, it's wrong. Praise God. I'm going to use it to push my investment. 
you will be pushing the wrong investment. It is not yours to use. Number three, the first fruit offering is different from the tithe and other free will offerings. Somebody say other free will offerings. Now, in scripture, there are many kinds of givings, but the first fruit is different. When you give your worship offering, the first fruit is different. When you give your worship offering, it's different. When you give your tithe, it's different. The first fruit is different. Second Chronicles 31, verse 5. 2 Chronicles 31, verse 5. Look at what the Bible says. He says, and as soon as the commandment came abroad, look at that with me. As soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance. What? The first fruit of corn, wine, oil, and honey. And of all the increase of the field and the tithe of all things. Did you see that? They brought the first fruit and the tithe. So they cannot be the same. The first fruit is different. The tithe is different. One of my daughters called me this week and said, Papa, I'm sending my first fruit and I'll do the rest next month. What will happen to my tithe? I said, you still give your tithe. There are some of us, when we have not finished paying the first fruit, we think tithe is a holiday. No. You give your first fruit the first month. Subsequent months, you honor God with your tithe. Somebody say an amen. amen. So, the first fruit offering is different from tithe. It's different from other free will offerings. Number four, the first fruit offering is a whole offering. Somebody say a whole offering. Say it aloud, a whole offering. Okay, so there are offerings that are a percentage. You take part and you bring. But the first fruit is a whole offering. Look at this. In the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 33. Acts, chapter 4, verse 33 is a revival chapter. The Bible said, with great power, God gave the apostles witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace. Somebody say great grace. Say great grace. He said great grace was upon them all. Somebody say great grace was upon them all. So great grace was released. And one of the things that great grace was doing was that that grace empowered people to give. And some people gave sacrificially. Look at verse number 34. The Bible says, Now there was not anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of land, somebody say possessors of land, and houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. Now look at that. These were people who were given lands. Can your salary buy land? Some of you it can. Most of you it cannot. But people sold land and brought it. Sold houses and brought it. They didn't keep a part. They brought all. Verse 35. And led them at the apostles' feet. They brought it to church. And they distributed to each one as they had need. Goes to verse 36. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostle, which was translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Look at this. Great, beautiful. Having land, sold it, and brought it, the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now let's jump to chapter 5. So this was what was happening. People in a revival, it's like we are, we're having a conference and an offering is called for and people come giving all kinds of offerings. Then you also decide, oh, I'm going to give a thousand cities, I'm going to give two thousand cities. And then the conference is over and then you bring 500 cities and because we don't know the pledge you made, you just make it like that was what you brought. That's what was happening. Everybody was giving. Ananas and Sapphira decided to also give. But they didn't know how to honor God with the first fruit. So the Bible says, a certain man named Ananias with Safari, his wife, 
sold a possession. Go to verse 2. And kept back part. Somebody say, kept back part. Say, kept back part. So they sold it. Maybe it's $100,000. They sold it and they took $20,000 and brought $80,000. They kept back part and brought a certain part. I've told you the first fruit is a whole offering. He said, brought a certain and laid it at the apostles' feet. Peter said, Ananias, why Satan fill your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? I hope somebody is not lying with your first fruit to go. Why has Satan filled your heart? You have brought 2,000. He says your first fruit. But God knows that the profit he gave you in January is 3,000. God knows your salary, gross, is so, so, so. You have brought this one to just uh, uh, camouflage and deceive. He said, why has the Holy Ghost let the part I want you to be interested in is and keep back part of the price. Part. Somebody say part. Part. Somebody saw land, he brought it. House, he brought it. He kept part. Say no. You can't. In fact, everything you have belongs to me. So why are you acting? Part. And then look at verse 4. He says, while it remains. Now look at this. This is it. You see, God is amazing. He wants you to know he's not broke. He said, while it was a remain, was it not your own? And when, after you sold it, was it not in your own control? In other words, you could decide to give it or not to give it. But to act funny and deceive God, that's the thing. He says, why have you conceived this in your heart? And you have not lied to man, but you have lied to God. Immediately, verse 5. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard those things. Somebody's a first fruit. Everything was supposed to be given. He took a part. Let me tell you another story about Achan. How many of you remember Achan? You've heard about Achan before? Achan was the man who decided to take part of what God said he shouldn't take. In the book of Joshua 6, verse 17 to 19, help me, Holy Spirit. New Living Translation. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed. Somebody say Jericho. Jericho. Say Jericho. Jericho. Uh-huh. If you're a good student, you know Jericho is the first city to be conquered when Israel started its wars. Jericho was the first. And God said everything in Jericho must be destroyed. Why? Because it's the first. And it's the first because it's devoted to me. The first belongs to me. So the first city to be conquered must be dedicated to me. He said, destroy everything as an offering to God. Now, if this iPad is mine, I choose what to do with it. Uh I can decide to destroy it as an offering. God says, destroy it. Achan and his family saw a Babylonian garment. They said, this garment will look too good on my wife. And on our daily dedication day, when we wear this, people will know that we have arrived. So Achan, instead of listening to God to destroy everything, Decided to take some. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and the others in the house will be spared. For she protected our spies. So God said, destroy everything. Give it up as an offering. Go to 18. Do not take any. Somebody say any. When we talk about the first, that's it. It's a whole offering. You don't take part. Don't take any of the things set apart for destruction. Or you yourself will be completely destroyed. And you'll bring trouble on the camp of Israel. May you not bring trouble on your finances. Look at verse 19. Now look at this. Beautiful, beautiful. Everything made for from silver, gold, bronze, iron is sacred 
to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. Did you see that? The first food, bring all this soil and bring this. Everything, go to 20. Hey, when the people heard the sound of the rams, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. They completely destroyed everything in it with swords, men, women, young, cattle, everything. Verse 22. Meanwhile, Joshua said to the two spies, keep your promise, go to the prostitutes. So the Lord was with Joshua and said, go to chapter 7. But Israel violated. Somebody say, Israel violated. Was it Israel that violated? It was Achan. But you see, that's how one man's disobedience can cost a lot of people. You know why all of us were made sinners? Because of Adam's disobedience. And because of Jesus' obedience, all of us have also been saved. One man's disobedience. It's amazing. It's amazing. You see, corporate obedience brings corporate uh, blessings. But individual disobedience sometimes can work against a whole corporate family. One man violated, but God saw it as a violation from the whole nation. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the law. That is what it means. When we say something is holy, it means it's set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of the dedicated things. He didn't steal all. He stole some. Are you with me? He stole what? Some. I told you the first fruit is a whole, is not part. It's a whole and it's not part. He stole some. I mean, if Achan knew that his touching some was going to cost, I'm sure he would take everything. He would have taken everything. Listen, most of the time, the disobedience that costs a lot of people, they are disobedience in small things. Small, small things. Small things. Small things. This year, may the grace to walk in obedience rest upon your life. He kept part of the first fruit and God came after it. God will not come after you. Number five, the first fruit is a hallowed offering. Somebody say a hallowed offering. When we say something is a hallowed offering, it means it's a sanctified offering. It's a holy offering. It's an offering that is set apart. It doesn't need to be touched. That's the first fruit. The first fruit is a hallowed offering. You don't touch it. You just release it. It can touch it. God touched them. Ananas and Safari, they touched it. God touched them. So you don't touch it. I pray that you will have the faith to release it. Listen, God will not tell you to release something in your hand if he has not already gotten a multiplied version of the same in his hands. Give and it shall be what? Given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Whatever you give to God. By the time you release it to God, he has already multiplied it and he's given it back to you. That's why no man can ever outgive God. Am I communicating here? You can never out... Sometimes people make this mistake I have given to God, I have not seen anything. Really? The things God has given you, if you are to quantify it, you will be in debt, you will be jailed. Because you can't pay it. He paid it all for you. And he has not even asked you to pay close to it. That is why whatever we give to God can only be a way of saying, Father, I thank you. Because we can't match God's generosity. No human has capacity to match God's generosity towards us. It's a hallowed offering. Number six, it is an annual and seasonal offering. Somebody say an annual and seasonal offering. 
giving your first month salary to God is not one of things. It's an annual practice. The Bible talks about it in the book of Nehemiah chapter 10 verse 35. He says, Nehemiah 10 35, and to bring the first fruit of our ground and the first fruit of all trees year by year. Somebody say year by year. Say year by year. Year by year unto the house of the Lord. You know why God demanded that they do that year by year? Because God did not want them to have any other God but him. He wanted to have first place in their lives. And said, I'm happy to announce to you, nobody puts God first and ends up last in life. When you give God first place in your life, he will make sure that your first position that he has ordained for you is not denied. Nothing will deny you what, that what God has for you. God's best will come to you in this year. In the mighty name of Jesus. I said God's best will come to you this year. In the mighty name of Jesus. And number eight, the first fruit offering is a sacrificial offering. It's not a convenient giving. It's a sacrificial offering. It costs you something. It costs you something. Second Samuel 24, 24. He said, I will not give anything to God. That will not cost me anything. I will not offer burnt offerings to God which cost me nothing. First fruit, giving it, I mean, it will cost you something. There are many things you could use the money for. But when you let it go, it will cost you something. Sacrificial giving is giving that costs you something. It's a giving that can provoke tears out of your eyes. Psalm 126, Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. He said, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Then verse 6, he said, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheep with him. He who goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheep with him. Listen, as you let go of your painful first fruit sacrifice, God is coming through for you. I said, God is coming through for you. Now listen, next week I will tell you how God comes through when we release sacrificial offerings. God comes through diverse ways. Most of the time when God shows up, you have to see that God has shown up in order to see him. A lot of the time, the reason why people miss God is not that God didn't show up. God showed up, they didn't see him. God showed up and they were still expecting him. You know, the nation of Israel is still expecting the Messiah. The Jewish people, they are still expecting the Messiah. The Messiah came. They didn't see it. Their eyes were blinded. They couldn't see it. I pray that when God brings you your harvest, you will see it. When God brings your harvest, may you see it. In the name of Jesus. Bow down your heads as you stand on your feet. You want to pray. And tell God, Lord, I receive grace to let go of my first fruit. Open your mouth and pray. I receive grace. Father, I receive grace to let go of my first fruit. I receive grace to let go of my first fruit. I receive grace to let go of my first fruit. Open your mouth and talk to God. Let me hear you speak to God. I receive grace. Thank you that I have grace. I have the giving grace to let go of my first fruit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Omnipotent Father. Thank you, Spirit of God. Lambroko Shabadi Bahamasa. Legebele Bele Bele Besabrake Tokali Bahamosi. 
Ingo de Dalia Zabala Kato Sabra. Raprato Kabande Iko Sagalabahantasa. Fradiko Ande Kalabahanda Sabra. Rabrade Kabada Bakabo Sabra. Rabrada Bakabala Basabranda Bakaba. Rabanda Bakabala Basiama. Maybe you are here this morning. You want to say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to the Lord. I want to be born again. I want to receive Jesus and make him my Lord and Savior. Everybody put your hands down. Bow down your heads. You are here. You want to make that vital decision to commit your life to God and make him your Lord and Savior. I'm glad to pray with you. If you are here like that, lift up your hands. Let me pray with you. You want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior. Sister, God bless you. That is the greatest and the most important decision you can make. I want you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you today that you loved me and you died for me. I confess today that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died, rose again for my salvation. Thank you for saving me. Father, thank you for saving her and keeping her in the faith. Thank you that she shall be preserved into your everlasting kingdom. In Jesus' matchless name. And the saints of God shout out an amen. Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 540 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afraqua on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services at our headquarter church, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, 8.30 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. for our second service, and 10.15 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for our third service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Locate us on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santati Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on our YouTube and Facebook pages, Embassy of Life Chapel. God richly bless you.